You're listening to the Restoration Church Podcast. Join us each week for messages designed to equip, inspire, and deep calling to deep. Today's message is brought to you by Lead Pastor Kim Foreman. There are people who had to fast and pray to cast out a demon. I never needed to do that. I fasted for other reasons, not because of demons. I have never listened to me. I am telling you right now. I never took time to fast and pray so that I can cast out demons. I don't waste my fasting and prayer on demons. Proverbs chapter 16 verse 18. Pride goeth before destruction and the haughty spirit before a fall. Better is it to be of an humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. This man pridefully makes claims contradicting scripture that he's never needed to pray and fast over casting out a demon. Let's see what the Lord said. Mark chapter 9 verse 28. And when he was coming to the house, his disciples asked him privately, Why could we not cast him out? And he said unto them, This kind can come forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting. Really important to understand that you have to build yourself spiritually to be able to deal with certain kinds of demons. That's out of the Lord's mouth. So no type of revelation or insight or disgusting twist that these people continue putting on the scripture can account for the fact that Jesus said certain types of spirits don't come out unless you fast. It's a good way to start a message, huh? Well, this prophet that, that we watched that was saying that he said that he has a large following on the internet. When I say a large, a very large following. And um, recently, many, many are... are uh, that are mainstream people that, that are multitudes fast are following after this prophet. And we are again living in a day that the scripture Matthew 24, 24 says, For there shall arise false Christs and false prophets and shall show great signs and wonders to lead, us, lead astray, if possible, even the elect. And so God's giving me a hard message this morning. But I think it's a right on time message. And um, so who are the elect? Those are the chosen people. Those are the people of God that are faithful to their divine calling. I mean, that is a sobering scripture that says even the very elect. And that's why y'all hear me say repeatedly, continual prayer, Lord, don't let me be deceived. Do not let me be deceived. Um, this is why it's in great importance in this hour and this season that we stay humble. We know that it is only by the grace of God that we're not deceived. Um, we need to ask God continually, day to day. So we're already among false prophets. We're already among false Christs. Uh, and what are they doing? They're working in signs, wonders, and miracles. There have been a recent flood of mainstream, what I'm talking about. This, this is why I'm exposing this prophet, Lovey. Um, because I know it was several months ago, you know, I had people saying, hey, have you listened to this guy? And Bob and I listened to him when we had gone, went to Austin in December. And I thought, okay, hmm. But something didn't fit. And then all of a sudden, he's got all these people, all these mainstream ministries that have joined with him. And then he begins to talk about how to open the third eye, which is a psychic door. Uh, so... Um, Veronica, who's not with us today, they're in Galveston, uh, 
ministering, doing evangelism on the beach. But she's been one that's been really exposing some of these false prophets that are out there online and exposing the things that they're saying is heresy, just like this man. That really, Lovey to say that, uh, you know, basically what he's saying is, I'm so powerful that I don't need to fast and pray to cast out demons. Mm -hmm. That's so contrary, and that's why it's so important today to really know the word. If we don't know the word, that's how we can be deceived. Because a precious Holy Spirit, if we put it in, the Holy Spirit will bring it to our remembrance. Um, and what's sad is that we have a whole generation of orphan-hearted, uh, you know, a whole generation is orphan-hearted that have not been raised up in the Word and raised up in a house that's functional with a mother and a father. And um, they're hungry and they're empty and they have all these voids. And so they're looking. They're looking for something. They don't know that they're looking for Jesus. But I'll tell you uh, that they are ripe. They are ripe prey for the wolves who come in sheep clothings. You know, the Bible says in Hosea 4, 6, my people perish for lack of knowledge. Satan loves ignorance. This is his playing field. Um, you know, then there's the generational iniquity. I mean, most of us know, most of us have played our hearts out. We are the elect. I believe most everybody here has played their heart out as far as generational iniquity in the bloodline. But it's amazing that so many people haven't that are out there. And they have not only the generational iniquity that's never been placed under the blood, but they still have open doors to the occult. You know, I don't care if you're Irish, you may have Druid roots. You know, you may be uh, Hispanic, you may have Santeria. You know, I was... You know, have Cajun background. And so my family was into what they call Gree Gree, the old Cajun beliefs. I mean, every culture, every nation has gone a whoring after other gods and they've opened the door to the occult. And, um, and so some things, you know, uh, might seem like, well, my family's always been prone to premonition or dreams and visions. Well, oftentimes that's a prophetic gifting. But if you think it can't be perverted, and it can't be opened up into the psychic door. You know, I know y'all probably heard, well, I was born with a veil over me. Well, that's a medical thing with the veil, the amniotic, you know, or the, the sac being still on you. But they believe that means that you have a seer gifting if you're born like that. There's so many ways that the enemy comes in and pervert. And we're in such a day where Satan is out in full display. I don't know if y'all seen, you know, in the last six months, some of my friends are just now seeing it and going, did you see about the Disney movie or the Disney cartoon about um, the, the Disney character? The girl is supposed to be pregnant with Satan's baby. This is actually a Disney cartoon. You know, it's said it's made for adults. It is so perverse. But, I mean, Satan is a proud peacock, and he has no reason to hide anymore. He's out in full uh, view. So here we have this whole generation with the occults and everything. You can't turn on the TV without there being something occultic or something related to homosexuality or, you know, it's just a whole different, as in the days of Noah. I know we're all shocked. There's nothing that we can watch. We'll start watching something and in just a little bit, something comes up and we have to turn it. This is just, he's out in full view. But this is what people that are unchurched or people that don't know God, this is what they are being, you know, fed. They're being fed and it's sad. And then, you know, you have also um, people that don't know God. They're like have open doors and open windows. So demons can go in and out at will. And that's sad because there's no hedge. There's no, uh, you know, God has not, you know, uh, there's no faith in that family. So you have some real problems. And then you open the door to the uh, to pharmakai, 
I mean, it's hard to find someone who hasn't done drugs nowadays. And that is another thing. Pharmacai is sorcery. So people who smoke pot, people who do drugs, do lots of pharmaceuticals, you know, uh, drug abuse. I'm talking about drug abuse. It's pharmacai. It's a, it's a form of sorcery. So that's another door to the occult. So, you know, 2 Corinthians says uh, in 4.4, 4, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is in the image of God, should shine unto them. That revelation behind that scripture, this is a scripture revealing that your mind can be blinded by Satan when you're in unbelief. So you cannot come into the fullness of being born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, um, unless God in his grace, and hopefully like most of us, had a great-great-grandmother who was serving God, and we're in that thousand generation of those that loved him. But I'm telling you, when you open the door to the occult, that's the thing that Satan tries to do. If he can get you to open that door, then you will not be able to come into the fullness. You might receive salvation, but you never may go any further than that. You may stay stuck. And so sometimes when you see people not progress... Or they'll say, I want what you have. I just can't seem to, to get it. There's always a wall that comes up. Every time I start walking with God, it's just a wall comes up, and I just kind of backslide. That's an occult spirit. They have an occult spirit attached to them because they have opened doors either generationally to the occult or they themselves have opened the doors. And I don't know, you know, nowadays to find someone that hasn't smoked marijuana or somebody that hasn't gone and gotten, you know, uh, their palm read or opened the door to a, uh, astrology. I mean, so this is a common thing. And now with all the things that are out there from uh, <clears throat> all the, the series like, Harry Potter, there are so many that practice magic, teach their children to practice magic. And, you know, it's one of the, the, the uh, what's the name of the thing about when you're reading in elementary to get so many points? AR. Yeah, AR. So, I mean, it's one of the things with Harry Potter. So all of this is being promoted. And the sad thing is it's a mind-blinding spirit that, that is there, and people can't come into the fullness of the Lord. Now, the beauty is that we have the knowledge and in that knowledge, we can pray. We can ask God. That's one of the things that I had when I was in the jail ministry before I ever went in because you know all those people had been doing drugs, had opened the door to the occult, and I was able to blind that spirit before I ever walked in and having that authority because me, myself, I have earned authority from doing drugs, from having that spirit operating in me. And so having that earned authority and be able to bind that and people will be able to come into the fullness of the Lord. They wouldn't be blocked when we came in and we ministered. And so this is a big thing. So if you have somebody been praying for and praying for and praying for, it could be that they have open doors in their lineage to the occult or they themselves have open doors. But the worship of seeking of supernatural powers other than God has been around since the beginning. Satan has used witchcraft to prevent people from finding their spirituality in God. He uses witchcraft. He uses uh, such as mediums, horoscopes, games to entice people away from God and towards a power that gives them what? Self-enlightenment. And that's the thing. Anything to do with the enemy is going to be something for self and selfishness. The Bible uh, speaks a lot of the consequences of following the false idols and falsehood. Uh, it's really interesting, you know, all the scriptures, there are many scriptures against the occult and open the door to the occult. 
Leviticus 19.31 says, Do not turn to mediums or seek out spiritists, for you will be defiled by them. I am the Lord your God. And the Leviticus 20 verse 6 says, I will set my face against anyone who turns to mediums and spiritists to prostitute themselves by following them, and I will cut them off from their people. You know, <clears throat> we know with Moses, who was there? There was Janus and Jambres. They were magicians, you know. Uh, Moses threw down his rod, okay, turned into a snake. So did Janus and Jambres. They could imitate. You know, even in the New Testament, there's Simon the sorcerer. Uh, there's Lord Jesus. The Bible is explicit in this. We think about Saul in the Old Testament, what he was conjuring a witch, you know, from indoor to what? Conjure up a necromance, you know, Samuel from the grave. So this is not anything new, but it's just like, at least I think growing up, it was still there, but it didn't seem to be on full display like it is now. And I want you to think about why God talks about magicians, sorcerers, astrologers, you know, this is all in Babylon, and Daniel, you know, Daniel, Meshach, and Shadrach, and Abednego grew up in there, and again, you can, we are living among Babylon, we are in Babylon, I don't know if, that's what I think all the time, this is all around us, but I want you to think about what a magician does, a magician distracts to deceive, that is a magician's job, a sorcerer Deceived by actual spirits, he actually has spirits at his command that will tell you your future. False prophecy. Then astrologers try to determine your future by what? By the stars and natural events. So actually, what is the enemy doing? He's distracting, deceiving to what? To determine your future. And that future is what? Away from God. So, most of our family lines, again, I said it earlier, is full of idolatry and full of occultic beliefs. So, unless you've done the, the root work of repentance and looked at your generational occultic ties, then there could be that you need to take that responsibility for, for doing that because you could very well have a psychic door that's open. And that's what's being talked about on the internet, on TikTok. It's all being talked about how to open the third eye. Well, this is a very scary thing. The third eye, if you have a strong family, that's prophetic. In dreams, intuition, premonitions, Satan will try and pervert. And who comes against the prophet or prophetic bent in your family? The spirit of Jezebel. The spirit of the Jezebel hates the true prophets. And they try to get you over to be a false prophet and try to pervert your dreams, your visions, or premonitions. If you've not shut that door. So it's important that we do our root work. It's open. It's very important that we renounce any doors that we've opened personally. Uh, and we deal with, again, the beauty is we have Galatians 3.13. That Jesus Christ became a curse and redeemed us from the curse of the law. But again, if we don't use these, if we're just hearers and we're not doers... And if we don't really, God wants us to take this serious. His word is serious about opening the doors to the enemy and idolatry and false God worship. He wants us to look at the ways that we may have done it, whether it was drugs, 
or whether it was, you know, um, doing silly games like we did as kids, like light as a feather and levitation, or, you know, we used to play games where we looked in the mirror and we recite something, and that's how witches conjure demons is through mirrors. So if Satan can get us to do that at a slumber party, what's he wanting to do? He wants us to open the door to the occult spirit, because if we open the door to the occult spirit, then what's going to happen? We're going to have a mind-blinding spirit that's now going to be attached to us, and it's going to try to keep us from coming into the fullness of the Lord. And so it's going to be that continual wall that comes up, or we just won't feel like we want to be a part of that or do that, or, you know, and that's that wall because we've opened that door. Um, so, you know, the Bible says, you know, about James 3, 11 through, um, through 12, says, can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? This is where we get into danger, is we get into danger that people haven't shut this door. People haven't done the root work, and you wonder why some things are right when somebody begins to prophesy, but something doesn't fit. Or you'll feel that mixture. Well, what that is, that could still be, it can be still that that door is not shut. And so we've got to be careful. We've got to be careful nowadays because so many people are going around and they're giving words and they're moving in the signs, wonders, and miracles. And then we've got prophets like Lovey who are leading a whole generation to open the third eye. Well, we've got to be very, very careful with that. Um, you know who labors among you. Yeah, I'm telling you. And this is what's scary. Uh, and that's what Bob just said. I was supposed to say that. Know those that labor among you. Uh, do not be enamored. Here's the thing. Do not be enamored by the gifts. This is a big problem. Um, we have to look for the fruit of the Spirit. We have to look for the fruit. Because I'm going to tell you, um, the fruit of the Spirit and the character and the operation of those who are among us. And that doesn't come with just a, hi, how are you doing? Hugging somebody at church. No, we need to be a family and get to know our people. And uh, the enemy will come in. And what do they do? They want to form an alliance with you. They want to become your friend. And they want you to let your guard down. And, uh, and they're waiting for you to get weak so they can come in and bring a flood. We, I mean, it's all through the Old Testament. Read all the alliances. It's, you know, who's your buddy? Who's your friend? It's going to get you in trouble if you're not careful. And, um, and they'll want to know all about you. Be very careful of people that come into your life, and they want to know all about you, and they're going to find out all about you, but somehow they're a little bit secret, and you never get to know them. I know that when we had the War Eagles for many years, we had a lady um, that went to church with us and that came up, you know, all the time, and she'd always come in after the meeting started, and then she'd come in, and she'd always leave before the meeting was over. Oh. There wasn't none of us. There was 30 of us, at least, in that upper room gathered. There wasn't none of us could tell you anything about her life. Hmm. And later on, through circumstances, we found out much. But she'd been sitting at the table with us for two or three years. And so... I'm just telling you, you know, when somebody's secretive, you know, I think uh, I love open books. You know, I'm going to tell you my trash, whether it be behind, behind the pulpit or to you. I'm going to tell you what I've done and what I've learned from what I've done. I don't have anything to hide. It's going to be out there and, you know, I'll be naked and bare before you. But you know what? That, that's, that's what Jesus has done. The Kim who was is no longer. But boy, has God taught me some things through that. 
lots and lots of and have I been deceived I can't stand before you today and not to be able to teach these things without telling you I have been deceived I've been infiltrated I have been sifted but God has used it for his glory because you know what when you love it don't matter if there's a witch that's come in and there's a wolf in sheep's clothing if you love and you continually love when it's all over with God will reveal it and what will happen is you'll come out with the spoil and the anointing to be able to deal with it. But if you got to do it by God's ways, you got to love your enemies. And I'm going to tell you, it'll keep you. It will keep you over and over. If you keep loving, keep reconciling, keep restoring, keep thinking, well, they just need more healing. I wonder how I can help them. You just keep it. And I don't care if you spend years. I've had some I've spent years with until finally God revealed what was at work. And then the beauty of it, when he reveals it, you're like, oh, wow. You really kept me. Oh, that's why this happened. That Oh, that's why that's happened. Oh, goodness, Lord. And then you're just like, wowed, because he kept you. And he kept you because you loved. That's the bottom line. He kept you because you loved. And so the fruit, the fruit of the Spirit, um, you know, get to know them. Get to know are their priorities straight. You know, is their house in order? Is God first in their lives? Is their husband next? Is their children next? Are they got their life in priorities? None of us have arrived, but most of us who have gone through maturing in God, and especially if we're in a position where we're prophesying and moving out in the church, I want to make sure your house is in order. You know, I'm not saying we all have problems with our children. You know, we don't want to judge each other because of our kids and what our kids are out there doing, but our house needs to be in order. And you only know that, like I've shared before, being yoked with someone and then coming into her house when God started revealing, finding out that her children didn't even know the basic Bible stories. That was a clear indication. But was she moving in signs, wonders, and miracles? Oh, yes. Were doors open? Where she was being asked and invited all over? Yes, she was. Was she in sexual sin? Yes, I found out she was in adultery. So all these things, and a lot of times you'll find with people who were, um, you know, false, they have sexual sin somewhere. And so we need to be aware of that. And how are you going to know that? You've got to get close to them. You've got to get close to them. The other thing I would ask, do they have long-term relationships? Do they have lasting friendships? Have they stayed and bloomed where they were planted? What's the relationship with their church? If they left and they had to leave and something went wrong, did they make it right? Because you know, y'all hear me teaching all the time about do you want to be right or do you want to be reconciled? And it's very important that we, we see that people that uh, have the fruit of the Spirit that are mature in the Lord are willing to lay down their right to be right and reconcile. Even if they may have been right in the situation, go and try to put in the right hand of fellowship and try to build that bridge. Uh, I remember when I was going to Uganda, Africa. I'm in the Kapala Airport, okay? We haven't even gotten into Uganda. And the ministry leader that I went with began to talk about all their fractured relationships. And I mean, this went on for an hour. We had like a two-hour layover. And I know that Karen Smith was with me, and me and Karen Smith were sitting there, and after she shared all these fractured relationships, we started looking at each other like, oh, my gosh, what have we gotten ourselves into and we're in Africa. The only thing that gave me a peace of mind was that we had intercessors that were praying for us around the clock. And I know, okay, God, you sent us here. You've allowed this. Um, 
And it wasn't but a few years later, this one particular woman ran off with my hairdresser, who was a woman. So I lost my hairdresser, too, you know, and she was really good. But, yes. So you ask me, how could you have been deceived? Well, they were an international ministry. She had the most beautiful voice. It felt like she could open heaven. She was so anointed. And that happens a lot, you know, especially with worship leaders. And she had several CDs. Anna Mendez, who is still in the fullness of the Lord, and many of us follow, uh, was also with her ministry and was endorsed by Peter Wagner. So we're talking the who's who was really all up into this. And um, everything seemed legitimate. Everything seemed legitimate. But that day in that Kampala airport, when she sat there, I thought, this is covenant-breaking. This woman has a covenant-breaking spirit attached to her, and this is serious. And I'm in a foreign country full of witchcraft. But error is error. Uh, I know of another ministry, a large church, that recently has just gone through a really bad season, and they've hired people with credentials. Now, I'm talking, you know, when you're a, a large church and you're hiring people, you're checking out references, you're checking out credentials. They're part of, they hired a worship leader that was a who's who. They were so blessed to get them and, and um, had years in ministry, great references. This man came in, he brought great division. So sometimes it's better to hire within Know those that are among you, those that have labored. Because, again, um, it's, a scary, it's a scary situation. And, again, remember, gifting can take you places that your character can't keep you. And, uh, you know, signs, wonders, and, and miracles. This is a thing people are enamored with. They're enamored with signs, wonders, and miracles. This is what's going to trip people up. And so I want to drive that home today above all is that we can't really look at the signs, wonders, and miracles because even witches and sorcerers can deliver you. They can take the very demons that have been placed on you and pull them off and you can be healed. Now, chances are a little bit later they're going to send them back on you. But they can do signs, wonders, and miracles. I just mentioned Janus and Jambres. You know, there's no doubt with magicians and sorcerers. You know, and I've taught on Balaam. You know, when you're talking about false prophecy or prophecy, you know, even God told Balaam that he couldn't curse the Israelites. Now, if there wasn't power in the sorcery and in the prophecies of Balaam, then God wouldn't have told him he couldn't do it. So we've got to be really wise to some of these things. Um, I remember a man that we were associated with. And uh, a woman had come, the same woman that I told you about, that her house was out of order and her children didn't know. And she came in and she prophesied to this man and told him that he had had an abortion and nobody else had known that. Well, after everything was revealed, you could not convince this man that this woman was a false prophet because she had said that and nobody knew that. Well, you know, again, I want to say this. If you've repented for something, it's in the sea of forgetfulness. But if you think Satan don't know what he's done and how he set you up and how they worked against you, he knows what's there. He knows what he's done in your life. And that's a, it's the bait. Throw the bait out and then pull you in. So he believed oh, she was always, and no matter what we told him and no, not what was, all the things that were revealed, he believed that she was really, and she, he stayed yoked with her for quite some time. Um, 
people who go to psychics and palm readers and get false prophecies that come to pass, what they've done is they've literally stepped out from underneath God's protection and what God has for their future and put themselves under, you know, Lucifer and his cohorts. And now whatever they've spoken is now going to come to pass. I know in our care group, we had a woman come and she was in her 50s and she went to a palm reader and she had been prophesied that she was had. Uh, they saw this, this psychic said, saw this dark cloud coming upon her and there was sickness coming and she ended up getting lupus in her 50s and she ended up dying like at 65. And sad situation, total, uh, her whole life went to hell in a handbag. Uh, her son, her husband, everything. Because why? She went out from underneath God and went to this palm reader. Those are lots of stories out there like that. And a lot of what prophecy, what the church calls prophecy, is actually psychic soul reading. And I'm going to hit that because it needs to be hit. Um, and if the third eye is open, my oh my, you could be having prophecy from divination because the third eye is open. So you have familiar spirits. When you've opened the door to the occult, you'll have familiar spirits, the Bible talks about it, attached to you. And it's attached to your family lineage, and it's false divination. And so you'll hear things or see things, and they'll be from the enemy. They won't be from the Lord. And that's a scary thing. That's why it's important that we repent, we look at any doors that have been opened, and we ask God, shut the third eye. This is why you see the Hindu people have that little dot there that's representing the third eye. And so, um, and the pineal gland is right here in your brain, and that's supposed to be like the seat of dominion for our human spirit. So the other thing is if you have a familiar spirit, you will have false omens, false visions, false divination. This is why I always share with babies, you know, God doesn't give us a spirit of fear. But if you have a baby full of fear and they see things, you, a lot of people think, oh my gosh, he's real sensitive. No, what he does, he's got the open door, the psychic door open, he's seeing demons. That is not God. You need to repent of your lineage and put your hands on that baby's forehead and shut the door to the psychic door. God does not want that child and you can bet that child's called to a high office and the enemy is trying to rob him of faith because faith is what free money for the prophet or the prophetic gift and Satan's trying to steal it in fear so fear buffets greatly men and women especially called to a prophetic office will buffet them to try to rob them of faith and if that psychic doors open they will see demons they will see evil on people y'all ever see a baby and they're looking around and they look scared that's sometimes the psychic doors open. Um, let me tell you what Lauren Sanford, I love Lauren Sanford. Y'all hear me talk about John and Paula Sanford. John's passed away now. They're like old school, uh, taught just about everybody that's anybody, whether it be Derek Prince, all of them refer to John and Paula Sanford. They're just a really... Uh, they wrote the Elijah, Elijah task, but their children, their sons are prophets also, phenomenal men of God. And Lauren Sanford writes in his book about prophetic ministry, he says, and this is about psychic soul reading, and I love this because he said, every one of us has, has a personal spirit given by God. One of the essential functions of your personal spirit is to enable you to, to identify with others spirit to spirit. Which, uh, which all of us 
at some time have what entered a room full of people and instantly sensed the mood of those in it before a word was ever spoken. Can y'all, you know, validate that? Which of us has not sat down with a friend and known instinctively that something was wrong despite the smiles and the jokes? To accurately perceive what is in the heart of another person does not make us prophetic. It makes us human. The more alive we become in our spirits, the more alert and sensitive we become to the hearts of those around us. This is our birthright as persons created in God's image until and unless cultural influences or spiritual and emotional wounds cripple us. And again, we can be crippled in our spirit. We can be crippled in our soul. And it will keep us from being able to engage in the way and feel what other people feel. Some of us seem to be prodigies at sensing the hearts of others in the same way that some of us run faster than others and have a better sense of, for music or an aptitude for mathematics like Ronnie. We often exalt people who possess this innate sense of the status of the prophet thinking that they uh, could know what they know from the hearts and the lives of others only if God told them. Not so. We need only be fully alive in our spirits and any of us can sense these things and any of us can learn to sense such things better as we come alive in our spirits. So the more we're broken in the outer man, and I'm going to touch that in just a minute, the more our spirit comes alive and we can discern if somebody's hurting. Again, whether they have a plastic smile or not. And so sometimes we might be operating and and it's they we think it's prophecy and it's not it's just that sensitivity of the spirit knowing what's in someone ever other spirit the trouble comes when we believe we are being prophetic and we sense ambition desire hope in the heart of another assume that it must be something god's saying and then we present it as prophecy now i want to say that again so we sense an ambition or desire or hope in someone else's heart and we assume that it must be something God is saying and then we present it as prophecy when all we're really doing is mirroring, mirroring what is already in that heart. Prophecy is words from God to men and women, not a reading of the hearts and minds of men and women by men and women. Prophecy must be the fruit of intimacy with God on the part of the one who prophesies, not the result of personal psychic awareness. Okay, guys, I know that's scary, but we're in a day and an hour. We got to know. We got to know some things. We got to know the difference. Our human ability to feel with others, to identify with them at the level of the spirit, is the foundation of real compassion and can be a wonderful tool for ministry, but we must not confuse it with being prophetic. Wonderful prophetic words, on the other hand, can result as we compassionately identify with the hearts of others, accurately reading what is there from the human side, and then turn to seek God for the true word in relation to it. I'm not saying that our spirit won't discern that you're, you're heavy, that something's wrong, you're troubled. That's okay, but then God give have God in that place of prayer, Lord, give me a word of knowledge. Give me a word of wisdom for this person. How can I help them? But so often we can see somebody get completely broken because we're able to, for spirit to spirit to say, you know, to come up to them and be able to read their mail with what they're, what they're feeling in their spirit and their emotions. 
And so, but that's not prophecy. So I want to clarify that. Um, I know sometimes it's like, oh. We talk about Paul. When Paul, there, there's an illustration here um, about Paul with Agabus. If y'all remember. Oh. I'll leave that for another time in another place. Anyway. Watchman Nee, let me go to Watchman Nee. He's so good, but he's so deep. I'm going to say some things that he says in the book, Releasing of the Spirit. Because the truth is, this has got to get broken. When this is broken and our spirit comes forth, God can use us. Because really and truly, spirit to spirit is what brings life. It is. Watchman Nee says, our spirit is released according to the degree of brokenness. The one who has accepted the most discipline is the one who can best serve. It's like the more life has kicked your butt and the more you've yielded to it, the better you are to serve in the house of God, right? Whenever we desire to save ourselves in that very thing, we become spiritually useless. Whenever we excuse ourselves, we are deprived of spiritual sensitivity. In other words, nobody likes to look at themselves. And nobody likes to go through the fire. But if we'll just embrace it and let God have his perfect work, he's got a better plan. But how many of us try to run from it? And we keep going around that circle time and time again because we want to avoid the pain. I don't know about y'all, but I've done that quite a bit. Any delay in learning life lessons means a delay in serving. Mm. The way of service is in brokenness, accepting the discipline of the Holy Spirit. Let's face it, most don't want to lean into the pain. The message of the anointing is by the degree of discipline and brokenness. The more you allow God to deal with you, the keener your spiritual perception is. The more you're disciplined by the Holy Spirit, the more readily your spirit can touch another spirit. And we know that it is our spirit touching someone else's spirit that brings life, change, breaks them. It's the anointing comes from the spirit. And the anointing is the power and the presence of God. So when our spirit can touch another person's spirit, there's going to be life change. There's going to be life change. So many cannot differentiate between what is the Lord and what is human and what's even demonic. Or what is the spirit and what is the soul. Spiritual sensitivity is gained through experiencing God's hand upon us. For example, we can condemn pride, even preach against it, yet not sense the true sinfulness of it. But when the day comes when God's Spirit so works in us and our lives to expose that we have pride and the ugliness of that pride, now that he has been dealt with, then we have an inward sensitivity and we're distressed when we sense it in others. Before, we may see it, but we may be even sympathetic to it. But once God's broken it out of us, then we're, we're quick to see it and it will, it will hurt us. And then we will be able to pray for them with an earned authority for God to be able to do what God did for us for them. Oh boy. But pride is pride. And pride keeps us blocked from God. Spiritual sensitivity comes from for what whosoever shall save his life shall lose it. You know, it's the backward kingdom that God has. His ways are higher than our ways. Um, we must yield to the discipline of the Holy Spirit. The absence of spiritual understanding is due to the lack of spiritual learning. 
And therefore, the more we are dealt with, the more we shall know men and be used to help set them free. Our spirit is released and able to pinpoint the real condition of another if our outer man has been broken. To touch a man's spirit, all we have to do is wait until he speaks. Few ever arrive that they can touch a man's spirit without first hearing what he has to say. Matthew 12, 34, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Whatever his real intention may be, his spirit is revealed when his mouth speaks. If he's haughty, a haughty spirit will manifest. If he's jealous or envious or strifeful, hypocritical, as you listen to his speech, you can hear his spirit, and you're seeing his spirit's condition. The soul has not been broken. Remember, our spirit is cloaked in the soul. And that's why sometimes we have those mixed waters. Instead of it being a pure flow of the Holy Spirit, we'll, it'll be mixed with salt and fresh water. It's because the outer man's not broken, and there's some things that God's working on. Goodness, no, none of us have arrived. And he thank God he's the author and the finisher of our faith. But oftentimes what we're discerning, and I think that we don't have the knowledge and the understanding sometimes of what we're really seeing. This is why it's so important to really get to know people, to know those that labor among you, to be um, fruit inspectors. God says it's okay for us to inspect fruit, but we need to be looking for fruit. If the outward man has been broken and the inward man, his spirit comes forth, um, there will be an anointing. And the anointing comes from the spirit, and the anointing breaks the yoke. Um, life change comes from spirit to spirit. Gifts can fool you. Too often we are enamored by gifts, and if you can have a gift, but you can have no breaker anointing. Let the outer man be broken in the gifts and the spirit impurity with no mixture of fresh water. It's powerful, life-changing. It's the yoke-breaking. So let's not talk about if it's polluted. Now here we go. Let's not talk about if it's polluted with defilement of sin, and they have demons attached. That's for another time and another place. That's a whole other area. But it's everywhere. It's everywhere. Now, we have all these titles now. We have apostles. We have prophets. We I don't know if y'all have y'all heard. I'm apostle so-and-so. I'm prophet so-and-so. Yeah. You know, Lauren Sanford says, self-promoters are dangerous. I mean, all we have to do is look at Revelations with Jezebel. She calls herself a prophetess. Uh, you know, in the current climate of so many wolves in sheep's clothing, with imbalance of the psychic soul reading, so many exalting others as prophets in a conference or a ministry setting. And what happens is they go up for prayer and they anoint them and say, you're prophet so-and-so, and then somebody famous, and then that, that person goes home and they're expected to be known in the church, I'm prophet so-and-so, somebody laid hands on me, and what's that going to do with the pastor? That's going to cause that pastor to back up. I mean, really, really back up. So that pro that... Because what it is, is if you're really a prophet, the people will establish you as a prophet. You don't have to establish yourself. So we have to be very careful when people start promoting themselves as prophets and apostles and all that. Hey, I don't think Paul had to tell anybody, I'm Apostle Paul. Or Peter, you know, when his, when his uh, shadow was healing people, I don't think he had to need to say, I'm Apostle Peter, you know. So um, people... 
Just like we hear the story about Amos. You know, Amos in the Bible, he said, I'm no prophet. I'm just a farmer. I'm just a farmer. But in the word, he has established, the people established him as a prophet. And he was a prophet. He's like, I'm just an everyday, you know, Joe Blow. I remember Pastor David Berkheimer. You could never call him any kind of time. I'm David. I'm David. He didn't want a title. He didn't want to deal with a title. And, you know, that's humility. You know, and but when you and it's very common. Everybody's got these titles. Those are kind of scary, huh? Amen. And again, I want to say the New Testament prophet is not like the Old Testament prophet. The Old Testament prophet had a level of authority that the New Testament prophet does not have. Um, the Old Testament prophet, think about Samuel, for example. He delivered instructions from heaven and rightly expected King Saul to obey them. Old Testament prophets represented God's own authority. I mean, they really did. By contrast, but the New Testament prophets serve under the church's established leader and authority structures in the book of Acts. And then a while ago, I talked to talk about Agabus. He informed Paul that when he went to Jerusalem, he would be arrested. He stopped short of commanding Paul not to go. Rather, Agabus simply transmitted prophetic information, rightly leaving it up to Paul to decide. And Paul made that decision to go, but Paul knew that he was going to be persecuted. So Paul could prepare, but he knew he was to go even though he was going to be persecuted. Um, and that's the way the New Testament, we might have a word for somebody, but it's not the same as an Old Testament prophet. And we've got to know that's a little bit different um, than what it used to be. So prophetic authority validates itself in the eyes of others because of the love it conveys. The truth it brings and the power it releases for the edification of the body of Christ. One is not a prophet because he or she claims to be or because he or she feels called to be one. She's a prophet because the body of Christ has recognized the anointed based on the fruit. This is true of each and every prophet in Scripture. In fact, at least one of them, again, Amos, by the fruit. The fruit is what we have to, we have to be fruit inspectors. Um, I love this story right here. This is just a good story that Lauren Sanford talks about. Because when you really get touched by someone in the office of the prophet, you'll never be the same. You got a lot of people running around saying they're prophets, but I'll tell you it'll be a life change when a real prophet touches you. He tells a story about in 1988, he was attending a meeting of pastors in Seattle at which John Paul Jackson had ministered. And one at a time, John Paul had um, faced his gaze on each of the pastors gathered there, except me, or so I thought, and prophesied into their lives, accustomed to being overlooked and left out. I therefore assumed he had finished when he stopped suddenly and he fell silent. After some time had passed, he pointed a single finger in my direction without ever looking up and beginning to speak. He told me that there was a room reserved for me called the mystical experiences of God. He said that I'd placed my hand on the door handle, but had never opened it. He indicated that this was not to my discredit. I had never opened it because I thought that my father's calling lay inside. He told me that my father's calling did not lie inside. 
mine did. He said that this room was reserved for me, was higher than my father's, that my vision would be clearer because my father had fought through the fog before me and had prepared the way. I was completely undone. I'd struggled through my father's learning years of imbalance when there were no mentors to make things easier. Somewhere in my heart, even as a child, I had determined not to go the way of imbalance, and I had that down the mystical prophetic side of my own calling. I can relate to that. And after receiving John Paul's word, I wandered around in a fog for two or three days, plucked up and planted, torn down and built up. The prophetic word releases power to accomplish the will of God. The, contrib the, the, um, the contributes to credibility and an air of prophetic presence. When a true prophet ministers, you sense the power of it as the presence of God comes in a wonderfully disconcerting yet a restful way. So I don't know if y'all have testimonies of being really touched by the prophetic, but it's very, very powerful. Um, now, I'm going to touch on some um, other things, but probably will continue this next week because there's a whole lot more. Um, but I want to talk about the gifts and abuse of the gifts. And we, one of the things that I woke up this morning and all of a sudden the Lord started talking to me about was Leah and Rachel. I thought this was pretty profound. Um, he started talking about Leo representing the anointing and Rachel just looking like the gifts. I want you to just think about it for a minute. It's just a good comparison. Because again, you know, Jacob loved Rachel. Rachel was the pretty sister. Leah was the one that was weak-eyed, you know. Leah was the firstborn. It was standard tradition, and it was, yes, he was strict, and he had to work 14 years for both of them. But, you know, whatever, all this rejection, I don't know about you, but when you see people who've gone through lots of hardship, a lot of times that's where you're going to find the greatest anointing, right? Because their, their outer man has been broke and the inner man has come forth. Well, when you think about Rachel and Leah, Rachel was the one that was probably real outspoken, outgoing, uh, and, uh, and she could not have children. So you have lots of jealousy. You have lots of competition. You have her sending Bill Haw in, who is her handmaiden that was born on her day. So they were more like sisters. And really, truly, that was sex trafficking here. You know, have a baby with her or else, you know, I'll die. And, um, but then you have Leah, who's continually rejected, continually hurt, makes lots of choices, you know. And yet she gives birth to how many? She gives birth to Reuben, uh, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, Zebulun, and Dinah. Out of all 12, she gave birth to the most. And then in the end, what does he do? Jacob chooses Leah to be buried next to. So in the old age, you know, and here, uh, you know, Rachel's sitting on her daddy's, you know, idols, have taken her daddy's idols. So I think there's a lot of controversy with Rachel. But I think that, um, you know, it's just a good analogy. I started thinking about, well, God, that's an awesome thing. Because we all love the gifts. We love to see prophecy and word of wisdom and word of knowledge. And we love to see all that, signs, wonders, and miracles. But again, it's the fruit of the Spirit. I can't say that. I think we just walked through a season where Andy's really got 
God has taught a lot of lessons to him uh, that it doesn't matter about the signs of wonder. It matters about the fruit of the Spirit. You know, I've got people that have walked with me for 30 years that if I'm going to go to war, they're going to war with me. And they may not be someone who's out front, but I'll guarantee you, are they faithful? Do they have love? Do they have gentleness? Are they true intercessors? Yeah, behind the scenes, the fruit of the Spirit, they are fully laden with the fruit of the Spirit. Those are the people I want to go to war with. Those are the people that I can trust with my heart. Those are the people that are going to stand with me through thick and thin, or whether I'm going through the fire and my flesh is hanging out, they're still going to love me and walk into covenant with me. You know, these other people who have the power gifts that everybody's enamored about, well, you know what, when it's all said and done it's those with the fruit of the spirit that are going to be long suffering with you that will truly when they say i'm going to pray for you they're going to really pray for you and that's why we got to be fruit inspectors there's going to be a lot of people that are moving in the false gifts and moving with the third eye open and able to prophesy and all these heresies that are happening. We have got to be firmly founded in truth. We've got to be firmly founded in the word because, again, we don't want to be the elect that's deceived. We want to be the elect that is, is seeking God's kingdom and hearing and praying, God, don't let us be deceived. And then if God, if the enemy does come in and God allows tears, there's always going to be weed and tears. That's going to be for our training purposes. What are we going to do? We're going to continue to love them. We're going to love them to either God changes them. Because, you know, I remember God gave me a, a, a word many years ago, and he said, we're like coal miners. He said, some are, are coals, and there is no diamond in that coal. That's a hard word. That's a tear. But there are some coals that have a glint, just a glint of a diamond. And you're to stay and you're to walk with them, and eventually he's going to crush that and work that out, and you're going to have a treasure. But we never know what we're going to get, whether it's just going to be a coal or it's going to be a diamond in the coal. So what do we have to do with these people? We've got to love them. we got to love them. We have to help clean them, too. Again, y'all hear me say it all the time. We're not only called this house is going to be an equipping house. And yes, I'm called to warfare. Bob's called to warfare. we got to clean the fish. Because if we don't, you know, and we don't know these people that labor among us, we can't just let anybody move amongst us and prophesy. If we don't know their life, if we don't know that their house is in order, if we don't know they've done the generational iniquity and putting it under the blood, again, everybody thinks you just wave a magic wand. God wants you to look at your lineage. What's wrong with it? How can I cleanse it? How can I make much of the blood? How can I shut those doors and put it under the blood? How can I look at the psychic doors or the occultic doors where we worshiped other gods and how can I cleanse that? God wants those doors shut to where those things are no longer working and you know that's what you see people. You see people with all these doors and they're like a, they used to have a little sprinkler system that you put out in your yard called a water willy and it had the little tentacles. Well that's what I think we're to do. We're to cut off all those little water willy tentacles where the enemy has no inroads into people and so they can begin to fully get traction and come to be full you know in the fullness of being mature sons and daughters of the Most High God. But a lot of times, you know, we've got to have things put in place that might seem strict, may even be, say, religious. But we as a, a young church that's growing and evolving, we've got to have things put in place where we just don't let just whomsoever lay hands. We don't let whomsoever, you know, get behind the pulpit. we got to know. we got to know as we know. And so we live in a, in, in a time of deception. So I'm going to continue this next week. I'm going to provoke you in a lot of areas. Um, but, you know, uh, with... Uh, yeah, I've got a lot deeper to go. But I think that's enough for today. Yeah, so. <laughs>
And then I will, I will, I will build on this next week in a deeper way uh, than even this week. But I think it's a word for a now season for what we're walking into. And and again, I want to say this. Uh, we have all these deliverance ministries that are all popping up. And, you know, thank God we need to cast out demons in Jesus' name. But here's the problem that I have because we've been in deliverance ministry for the last 30 years. Who's discipling these people? Yeah. You know, you know, anybody with the anointing, you can stir up devils. You start talking about Jesus, and you're going to stir up devils. They're going to manifest. But the thing is, people are enamored. They love that. And yet it, there is a discredit to these people. I don't like seeing people you know, crawling on the floor like they have a snake in them. Where's the dignity in that? You know, and, and people are getting puffed up. Look, this devil. And, you know, I just believe there's a better way. There's just a better way. And that means that not that we're not going to have people manifest. We are. But then let's take them in dignity and deal with them. And then after we deal with what's in them, let's begin to minister to them and shut these doors like what I'm talking about. Because, again, us going to Argentina, seeing demons come out of people, three days later we go back to the same meeting, the same people are manifesting. So now we have all these ministers doing these mass deliverances. Who's discipling these people? Who are keeping these demons from coming back in seven times? Because I know as a deliverance minister, until you walk with people and you establish some, some basic foundations, are they in the Word? Do they have a prayer life? Is their mind changed? Is their heart changed? Are you working with them to disciple them to keep the devil out? Then these demons just go out, get seven more, and come back in because you ain't dealt with the stinking thinking. You ain't dealt with their heart. And so you need to shut doors with generational iniquity. You need to shut sexual doors you need to shut these doors so the enemy can't come back so i'm saying that i do believe that this house will be a house for equipping and training we will do deliverance but we will raise people up and how to do it and and raise people into being mature sons and daughters and not getting picked off and getting worse than when we found them and so we're in a new season and a new time and so some of these teachings need to be deep and we need to get ready because the harvest is out there and they're broken. So, Father, I thank you. I thank you, God, for the knowledge. I thank you for the understanding. Father, I thank you that we want to be a discerning people, God. And, Lord, we want to, Father, allow you to have your way in our outer man so that, Lord, our inner man, the spirit, our spirit can come forth and touch the hearts of your people and set them free and have the anointing to break the yoke, to deliver them from prison and deliver them from the enemy and bring them in, Father, to the freedom of Jesus Christ. Right. And so, Father, we're asking, God, that today as we go forth, Father, if we've not done the, the occult, uh, uh, looking at our family lineage and the occult. Father, let us do that now. And let us make sure that, Father, that we put that under the blood of Jesus according to Galatians 3.13. And, Father, we shut the psychic door on ourselves and our family lineage yes. by placing it under the blood to be no more. And that, Father, it would be out of our bellies will flow rivers of living water, fresh water, not mixed with salt, not mixed with divination, not mixed with the flesh, but it will be pure. It will be impurity, God. 
God. But we want to be a church that touches your people, that are able to bring your people in and to cleanse them and help them into maturity and disciple them and be a family where they can grow and feel safe and they will be all that you've called them to be and they will establish their birthright, God, and they will obtain it. And so, Lord, I thank you as we close today. Father, just seal this teaching upon our hearts and further, go further and deeper, Holy Spirit, and bring things to our remembrance. And we ask this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen, amen. Thank you for listening to the Restoration Church Podcast. If you would like to watch our message live or looking for more information about our church, visit us, follow us on Facebook, Restoration Church.